0: Hey, happy family. How you doing? This is Anchored and Devoted. I am Pastor Jer. And I'm Pastor Joseph. <laughs> and we are mostly uber excited yes, to be with are. you guys today. We are super excited. Praise the Lord. Dave, I know a comment on that shirt, but I am just i just saw it. I really love that shirt on you. It's like, a fantastic oh, shirt. I love it. It's, it's such a nice shirt on you. Okay. Anyway. Thank you. Dave, today, let's talk about... Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about fashion now. <laughs> exactly. I was like, where was this? I we talking about substance abuse. Let's talk about substance abuse. Oh, um uh, we have We've bumped off of this topic mm-hmm. a few times in several different podcast episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we haven't ever taken the time to unpack it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, let's do this because, um, you know, it's 2022. We're all in 2023. We've come through the, hopefully the worst part of the pandemic, we're hopefully on the, the exit lane for that. Mm-hmm. But in the midst of that, we saw a huge uh, increase in deaths of despair mm-hmm. that were either suicide or drug-related or alcohol-related. And before that, we saw the uh, opium pandemic, mm-hmm. opium,
1: yeah, I opioid. believe it was called,
0: opioid, thank you, mm-hmm. opioid pandemic um that has taken hundreds of thousands of lives um mm-hmm. the litigation around that and then backing up even prior to that <clears throat> excuse me we had in the 80s the war on drugs mm-hmm. which we have talked about and going back even prior to that we had the drug heyday back in the 60s um and going back even before that, we had the drug wars in China, where it wasn't the U.S., but Britain was importing opium into China. Uh, drugs have been around for a long time. You know, opium is not new to the world. Cannabis is not new to the world. They've been seen in cultures, used in cultures, used in ceremonies for a long time. What has changed is that at a, drugs were, were moved from sort of a ceremonial, position to a position in society where we had to wrestle with drugs and how we as civilizations are going to um, manage as a group when there are people who use drugs of any kind, whether it's alcohol, caffeine, um, or harder substances, and then whether or not they're going to be regulated and once regulated, how we're going to deal with drugs. breaches of conduct if you will Mm -hmm. abuses and all of that's kind of wrapped up in in a whole lot and it would be really easy to to go back to the mid 80s early '90s, and just kind of just say no and the christian response (laughs) is work (laughs) it didn't work and that's the point that's why we're still talking close to working (laughs) that was just denial like that was
1: this pseudo Christian mindset of if we don't look at it, it doesn't exist. Or if we don't say the word devil, he's not real. Like what?
0: No. Bobby, that's why I jump in the bed and uh, pull the covers over my head each night. <laughs> <laughs> if I turn off the light, I can't see the stalker in my bedroom. It's, oh my goodness. So anyway. So, so there's a couple questions here that I think we could kick around. One, um, does the Bible give us insight on whether or not or how christians should view drug use for themselves personally oh, this is why i start off by saying substance abuse
1: um as opposed to just sticking solely with drugs because for me i look at i'm
0: good like, i'm just i'm i'm catching on that not because of any issue other than
1: oh i get it but I, mindset it's it's questionable you know wine has always in my opinion, the one of those things that's been around probably since Cain and Abel. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, we see um, you know, Noah getting into trouble with it, so he's right. he a man of God who was saved from the flood um, and he gets lit as soon as the boat, It's like the worst carnival cruise ever, as soon as they land.
0: like um, if you lost that, all of your friends, wouldn't you, uh, you want to find some solace?
1: Um, with my clothes on? Um... <laughs> <laughs> So, anyway. <laughs> Scripture is amazing. Um, you know, Ephesians 5.18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Yeah. The, the the idea of having anything inside my body that alters the way I engage with God or mm-hmm. engage with others is an issue. I am um, a vessel to be used by God. I am His, not mine. I Gave my life to him when I put my trust in Christ. And so we're clear on the do not get drunk on wine, right? This isn't right. say don't drink it. This is saying don't get drunk. Right. Um, you are to be filled with the Spirit. Uh, Galatians 5, 19 through 21 is another one. Um, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Mm-hmm. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, which we talked about, hatred, discord, jealousy, we talked about that one. Bits of rage, selfish ambition, we should just name, do a whole bunch of these. for yeah, we just go through this. <laughs> Envy, we talked about that one. Drunkenness, orgies, we have not talked about that one. And the light. Like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And this is one of those um, cautionary... Uh, for sure. Uh, text that lets you know, hey, this is something you're to let go of, not something that you're to embrace in your freedom in Christ. Um, and so we see from the outside of the body to the inside of the body, from selfish ambition, to jealousy, envy, those are very much inside things in the heart, uh, even down to, you know, I'd even say on the soul level, um, these are issues. But then on the outside, sexual morality, mm-hmm. debauchery, Drunkenness, orgies—these um, things are ones where you're striving to be in control and find your happiness/slash joy. Again, this is a worldly definition of it, because joy is truly something centered in something outside of yourself, truth. And as believers, we find our joy in
0: Christ. Okay, so can I can I interact with two of the things you said? Then number sure. one, going back to Ephesians 5:18. you said we're to be in control of these things. And Paul, and I want to underscore that and say that from, you know, the biblical unpacking here is we're told not just to be in control of these things, but to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul's saying in in Ephesians. But then you're also pointing out here in Galatians, um, and it's not here specifically in this passage, um, but one of the things you're pointing out here is the reason that a person might get drunk on wine ranges from I'm catching up with some college friends whom I haven't seen in 10 years mm. and we're having a very enjoyable social gathering and this is a part of the joy of being together is yeah we have wine or we have our rum and maybe I had a little too much um, but I'm just enjoying my time with my friends I'm still in control I may be liquored up but I'm not doing this to hide and there's so there's a second category here where i'm drowning my sorrows or mm. i'm taking liquid courage or whatever so you know you whatever substance might be or... yes like it's what, not, and yeah. what i'm looking for is to be to find my joy or my satiation or at least my comfort in something right. other than the comfort of the holy spirit and there's, right. so there's that two part there where one I am to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. And two, I am to find my joy and my contentment in Him, right. not in other things. And so both of those are sort of guardrails that guide me as I look at, as personally, what do I allow to affect my mind and my heart that comes in through the body gate? Correct. I think it's really good. I think it's really good.
1: It's it's one of those things where, I, I love the book of First Peter, it makes it clear that, we need to be so reminded
0: because the devil is looking to destroy believers. So how? Can Thankfully, I though, we can trust our heart. Scripture says that it says trust your heart. It's always going to lead you right.
1: Uh huh. I don't know what version you have, but you might need to recycle it. Um, <laughs> turn it into a, I don't know, a paperweight. Um, it's it's easy for us to think that we are called a comfort. And mm-hmm. in our comfort culture, um, we are the ones who seek pleasure at every avenue um, to the point of um, being willing to hurt oneself because we're so short-sighted um, that we miss the kingdom of God. Right. That That is... Unbelievable when you think about I've got a substance um, that I'm engaging with and it allows me to break away from the stress of the day or allows me to um, uh, feel, um, you know, more at ease. I'm thinking of things that people have shared with me uh, when in reality I'm supposed to be taking those things to God and he's supposed to be the one that comforts me. Um, but if I I don't go through those tough things and I don't take them to Him and them, then I miss the opportunity to get deeper in relationship. Instead, I'm in deeper relationship with a substance that again is of the world um, <laughs> and is and is not of Him. What are you laughing at?
0: Be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and supplication and your bong. Did you yeah, in your bong. Yes, <laughs> not belong. <but> That's right. <laughs> Because I mean, that's what you're talking about. We, yeah. we take our anxiety and, hey, this is just going to take the edge off or this is going to help me cope with it. It's, it's, it helps. Okay, so that's sort of question one. Question two then becomes, from a Christian point of view, <clears throat> should we be placing legal restrictions yeah. on substances like tobacco, alcohol,
1: drugs so now you're getting into the governmental stuff um
0: well i want to look i just want to kick this around from a christian perspective like is there a moral mandate from god that as a christian i'm going to support
1: well this is the alcohol-free cities or dry counties in um and this was my issue with um some other things we've talked about when should I be pushing Christian morals onto non-believers? Um, should I expect them to live a holy life or should I live a holy life and engage them in such a way that they want to change because they see the hope and the faith that I have and realize there's something better than the bottle? Um, right. That is you know, one of the tough things that I wrestle with. I am um, always concerned when um, restrictions are placed on individuals because I can see restrictions coming for Christians. It's just they. Sure. I, I know that it's not hard for people in power to shift or, you know, fall into a sinkhole or whatever. Um,
0: you know, get caught on YouTube. <laughs> I hear um, that, but let let me push you a little more on this and open I this up. Just. <laughs> uh, we've limited this so far to just substance abuse, but. Your answer, if I take it um, to the next step, would be, well, then what about putting legal restrictions on things that have to do with sex, like prostitution? Again, my question here is from a Christian perspective, should I be looking at this and saying, as a Christian, my vested interest is to (laughs) restrict...
1: This is a sin. I'm not saying it's not a sin. It is a sin. This is something that God abhors. Um, it is something that um it is not to be in the midst of believers, like it shouldn't just be accepted. Um, so okay. there is the desire to push back against it. Um and it 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 I believe it is a holy desire, recognizing that um the more access that you give to certain things, the more access you give to. <laughs> Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's, 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 like A, it's a equals fun. A? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. It isn't that tricky. Um, <laughs> we, have not, we have a liquor store, but we didn't have one. Now everyone in the neighborhood drinks. Well, they didn't before because it's right on the corner. Um, it has nothing to do with the color of their skin. It has to do more with your ability to put it in places where it's easily consumable. Um, it, it is something personally you know, that I would vote against. I I um, believe that there should be restrictions, especially when we look at, you know, and okay. So there were restrictions on the opioid. There were many restrictions and yet, mm-hmm. um, you know, there are grandparents who passed away and parents who passed away and young adults who got hooked. And I mean, it's just crazy. And yet there were so many restrictions. There was a system set up for verification and approval process and like, right. Um, yet there were many doctors who chose to do their own thing. And yes, they broke the law. Um, but for many years, the law allowed, um, and even celebrated, I'd say to, you know, a point because the company's stocks went up, um, the abuse of others. Mm-hmm. And, um, that is something that, you know, I'm, strongly against and believe should be illegal Um, because it makes it it makes it easier to not have to deal with that but I also know um, that when a person goes through a tough season and I'm not encouraging you to start using substances to, to go through the tough season but that it does when you break away let you hit the floor so you can Get up hopefully, with Christ, um, recognizing that all the other stuff was just junk, very much like the product, the stuff of the world wasn't worth it. Um, from the again, the voting perspective, um, I've my tough issue is, you know we've legalized alcohol, right? We've legalized smoking, which causes cancer, and we know this, um, right? Like, like I, I sp- mean, we
0: didn't legalize smoking; it's always been legal. We've actually clamped down it. We've tried to okay put guidelines in place to make it much, much sure. more difficult. Mm. Um, no one will arrest
1: you for growing tobacco at your house. <laughs> <laughs> it's legal, um, absolutely. Right? Like, these are things that have gone through. The government, we've talked about authorities and whatnot, and so I respect that. And I have issues with both when it comes to, I don't think any liquor store would stop you from pulling up with a truck and buying everything in the store. There'd be no question of, who is this for? How many people? Is this for you? Are you trying to kill yourself? Like, no one would say anything. And yet, it's um, the expectation that um, the government can... Um, do this, even if we vote for it or don't vote for it. I still think the believers' mandate is bigger than um,
0: the ability to legislate it away. I see. I, I it, obviously, this is a complicated question to wrestle with. Very complicated. Because there have there are laws. Their laws are good. I agree. Well, one of the distinctions here that I would make based on what you're talking about and the the fact that i agree with what you're saying is laws that seek to curtail my conduct ultimately will fail because laws can't stop me from doing anything exactly the the purpose of a law really should be to say if i in the course of doing x y or z then also do one, two, or three, which harm another person, I am now fully culpable from this from a criminal point of view or from some kind of obligatory point of view. But it's not to say, obviously, and this is what we've done with, with alcohol. Yes, you can drink. No, you cannot drive a car after drinking. And if you do, there's a certain penalty. And if you hit someone, there's another penalty. And if you kill someone, there's another penalty. There's a graduated response. Right based on the fact that, yes, you have this freedom, but this is about you being able to control yourself. We're not going to restrict you from this. We're going to tell you this is your responsibility. Handle your responsibility well, otherwise there are consequences. Well, and see, you know, I agree with the model.
1: My issue is with many substances that we're talking about, the addictive nature of them is so strong. And that then Um, brings us to that third question.
0: Right, like it's like because we could agree to what I just said, <laughs> but it's not a whole or a yeah, perfect answer. I don't think we should be selling fentanyl candy
1: like I just don't um <laughs> you know it's that's super concerning um you know, I lived up in Northern Canada as a missionary and saw um the ramifications of fentanyl um where people were processing it at home. they yeah. looked like lepers, like blue lepers, almost or smurf lepers um because They were using uh, cough syrup as the base for what they were making, and it wasn't good. Um, Was it illegal? Yes. Does it make sense to legalize it? I don't see how there's any good. Like, I just don't see how you do it well. I'm sure someone will figure it out because that's what people like to do and figure out some way to tax it, you know, in an eyedropper. I don't know, something weird. Um, But it is one of those things that. It doesn't allow for you to, um, long-term, uh, um, and I'd even say medium-term, to pull away. Right. Um, as opposed to many other substances, you're overeating or whatever, and you're indulging in the sugar high, you know, the the other happy drug. And um, you decide you want to stop, you know, for two weeks you have horrible headaches and Everything tastes weird, um, but you can shake it. Um, some of this, this is gross. Th- I taste green. <laughs> some of this other stuff is really hard, um, really hard
0: to kick. And um... so, you and I both have physical issues mm-hmm. that would qualify both of us independently <laughs> to yeah. be able to buy medical marijuana. And many other heavier substances. Yes. For you, many other heavier substances. Absolutely. <laughs> like they would give them to you and just, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. put, a, put a, uh, a drip into your insurance company. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason is with both glaucoma and with your issues, there is relief that can be brought about medicinally by the use of THC. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other side effects. To THC. And there are other substances and other ways that the same or similar benefits can be brought about. Mm. Um, one of the questions that that I, I try to think through is what is the good of this substance? And how do we how do we set ourselves up as a society so that we can have the good, but Limit, the minimize no. the negative, and also bear in mind that a part of the negative is there's some guy who knows that he can yeah, people make a quick there. buck yep. selling the negative and the perceived positive to my kid mm-hmm. who doesn't know the difference between an apple and his ear and really can't make a decision, an informed decision for himself the way I can when I go into a liquor store. These are all these are all kind of the intertwined issues that I try to think through as a Christian. Yeah. So,
1: I think the you know the first text that we looked at again: does it take you away from yourself? Um, you know, do you get lost in it? Um, you know, there there are a number of encouragements not to get lost, staring into the wine, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, if the substance is impact you in that way i do think there needs to be a conversation with the doctor or someone else um you know the, the goal is not to bury you in the drug so much that you don't feel um, right uh, there is a blessing in going through the trial um there is a um a hardship that um allows for a unique type of fellowship in Christ um, because you've experienced something that many people won't. Um, I'm not saying that you never take anything. I'm not saying that you shouldn't, uh, um, uh, again, address some of the pain issues. I'm saying if if it becomes your God, (laughs) it's a problem. If it becomes your joy and your peace, it's a problem. Um, If it is natural for you to call your doctor before your savior, then I got a problem. Um, and so when we talk about, or or your dealer, when we talk about, (laughs) get back to your question, the good versus the bad. Um, I think there is a lot of testing that has to be done. Um, Mm -hmm you know, whether it's through the clinical trials or through more trials afterwards, because people respond differently to different drugs. I think there has to be more conversation that takes place than currently does between doctors and hospitals and whatnot to have a better understanding of um, how various um, body types respond uh, to different drugs. Um, And that, you know that isn't as easy because most people find their stuff to be proprietary and want to make money off of it. Um,
0: yeah. And there is definitely a huge incentive behind, behind the production and use of drugs. And, and that's just, just on the pharmaceutical side, there's a financial incentive on the medical side, there's an incentive to prescribe you a medication and then tick you off as being compliant in your treatment. And the treatment is generally I just saw my doctor the other day. She looked at me and said, hey, your blood pressure is high. Would you like to get back on? Do you want to restart the blood pressure medication? I said, no, I don't want to start the blood pressure medication. If we're at a point where my body needs us to survive, let's have that conversation. But what I'm not interested in doing at 42 years old is getting on a blood pressure medication for the next 40 to 50 years. That That's not a success in my book. That's a failure. But the medical system... Sees that as a, the optimal goal for someone right. who fits my description. As opposed to diet change or exercise
1: and and yes, actually wrestling through it. We're not ignoring it at all. This is being right uh, in charge and saying, again, I can build a habit the better life. Yes. off of the substance, because if I change diet and exercise, I will be better in 40 years, as opposed to not better, just my blood pressure's down a little bit.
0: Right. I can be better in 40 years, or I can be dead in 30, or, I, you know, yes. There, That transfer is over. That translates to any kind of substance. We'll talk specifically about abuse here, but any, any kind of substance use, where moving away from medication, prescribed medication, to um, self medication. One of the, you know, there's basically two reasons that someone's going to self medicate. One, they have trouble dealing with life. Two, they really like the experience and they've become addicted to the euphoria, whatever the, the, the mindset, the state of mind that they're in when they are high. In both cases, once we've put a law in place, our options are penalize the person for transgressing this boundary. Mm-hmm. And you know, essentially, every time, every time you touch that button, you're gonna get an electric shock from now on, or try to get you to stop touching the button. Say, hey, wh- why do you keep on coming back to this button? Can we do something to help you? Can we do something so that your desire for this button is not as strong tomorrow as it is today? and hopefully less strong 10 years from now than it was 10 months ago. Uh, We have prisons to house people who refuse to live outside the laws of society. But that's not that we have hospitals to house people who are having trouble living the lives that they wish to live within society and need assistance. And confusing those two leads to some very, very bad outcomes. But not recognizing that there is a time when someone has said, hey, (laughs) I don't mind the fact that I can't deal with life, and I really like the high, and I'm going to chase this, regardless of whether or not you helped me get clean 17 times, I'd rather do that. There's a place to say, hey, if you choose to live outside of society, um, there's only two things we can do. There's the border or here's the prison. When we get to that level, it's appropriate to start talking about penalization. But I think it is proven to be wholly inappropriate to start talking about penalization from the get-go. When what we're talking about often, again, is... There are people with vested interests in me or my child getting hooked on whatever substance it might be. And they seek it out for various reasons that are often more social or sociological than moral. Imprisonment really is a moral answer to a moral problem. And to use prison as a moral answer to a social problem doesn't fix anything. It doesn't help anything. And I'm looking at this as a Christian. I'm not looking at this and saying, well, I want to become governor or congressman and start making laws. I'm looking at this as a Christian saying, what should my perspective be on the culture and society in which I find myself and want to live? How can we shape this according to the heart of Christ?
1: Hmm. There it is. God enough. Will you glorify him today? That's our hope. That's our prayer. This is Anchored and Devoted. Thanks for listening to Two Crazies. Let him be your all. Please please, let him be your all. Have a blessed day.
0: See you guys.